As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Man, I, um, I'm, I'm in pain. <laughs> wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, Dude, I, wait, 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 what? I did something really dumb this week. I, I... Well, that's got, not shocking. I got, well, I know, right? I got angry <laughs> at a customer. Like, someone came in, and they were complaining about a cigar, and, you know, I have no control over the quality of, you know, how insert manufacturer, cigar manufacturer, you know, does their leaves or whatever. And right, um, right. I got I got really kind of frustrated with this particular customer, and they weren't particularly gracious, And but the, the fact of the matter is, I didn't handle myself well, mm. and so I walked away, and I went into my office and i got about four steps in my office and i i kicked the first thing i saw really oh. hard oh no oh no <laughs> did you break and your toe so so i didn't I, I i thought i had broken the uh i guess you call it like the bridge of my foot <laughs> the yeah, bridge yeah, of yeah. my the top part of my foot but i, I kicked a vacuum cleaner <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, that's which, okay. You know, Y'all weren't using it anyway. Well, exactly. That's what. That's kind of funny about it. It's like you know, if you if you know anything about the country squire, you've been there enough. You know that it's like probably the most the most neglected piece right. of the item at our shop. It's a doggone vacuum cleaner. And so I, I kicked it really hard, and it's really embarrassing. And I'm really just t- saying this on air t- as a form of repentance, and also just to get it out of the way because it's it's really right. ridiculous. But um, right, right, yeah, right, right. yeah, you know, I, I I kicked it really hard, and I thought I broke. Uh, the some bones in the in the top part of my foot there and so i actually actually went and had it x-rayed and the doctor is like nah you you know you you're just really bruised but i can't wait to go home and tell my wife about this <laughs> i had a cigar salesman come in here and uh say he thought he broke his foot because he kicked a vacuum cleaner <laughs> It's like you've got to so anyway i'm I'm kind of limping, yeah, I was on crutches for two days and um and uh, and now oh gosh, uh, the last man. couple of days have just been uh keeping a lot of pressure on it, ice packs and stuff like that, but uh yeah, man, you know you just you just mess up occasionally, and um sometimes we uh let our feelings get away from us, and I'm just glad for a gracious lord and and um and gracious friends and but just a little beat up. <laughs> Oh man! Listen, I have I have certainly kicked my share of vacuums from that standpoint. I, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that happened. 
uh man and it is you know it's one of those things i often think about like uh folks like yourself like retail can be <laughs> all over the map in terms of what that experience is like with, yeah. with customers you know what i mean like when i was you know long like live lives ago when i used to work in uh in, te- in telecom i was a re- I, I was a retail manager yeah. in uh in kind of the telecom space and so more often than not, I'd say probably the vast majority of people coming into the shop yeah. are coming in to complain about their phone bill. And so like nobody's coming in there looking to like have like a really positive experience. <laughs> they come in there angry and yep. expecting to be mad. And then you have to, as as best you can, try to explain to them an overly complicated bill, which as a retail yep. person, you didn't decide. But yeah. now your job is you have to try to educate them <laughs> on that and explain to them, well, yes, I'm I'm sorry you do owe this extra hundred dollars you didn't realize, you know, like it was it was rough, so it was a terrible, terrible. They take it out on you, and then you you know take it out on the closest vacuum cleaner you oh, can exactly. find. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so that's the thing. So I did that job, but I remember before that, my retail experience was working in a coffee shop, and man, night and day, people come in the coffee shop, and what do they look? Yeah, they're, they're happy. happy. They're excited to see you, man. It's like going to the candy exactly. store. Exactly. You're giving it's them like, their daily. You know, fuel yeah. it's like oh yes yeah. you you are my day savior like they're they're like all in <laughs> and it's just you know so it can be all over the map and i've often thought that the uh you know the cigar pipe ex- experience had to have been way more like the coffee shop and, t- so and, I, it, is. and, it, yeah. and it, it is and it it is it it definitely is we um you know it's the fun play it's not like uh it you know it's an easy sell right, right? people come in and and they're excited to uh purchase something it's not like i'm trying to sell them you know life insurance or something <laughs> or uh, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, and, and so, yeah, it, it, it's, it is like that candy shop kind of feel. And, but occasionally, you know, we have some difficult situations where humans act like broken humans. And, and so, uh, you know, I made a fool of myself and suffering the consequences. And anyway, luckily this was the week as we're recording, it's July 23rd. And it, luckily this was the week that Sunbear from Cornell and Deal came hey. out, which of course is the two time defending champion of Country Squire Radio Best of 10 Tobacco, two-time defending champion. And so I was really uh, looking forward to trying that and got a a can of it and smoked. uh, I smoked a total of one bowl out of it, but um, enjoyed it so far. Looking forward to working my way through that 10. So so I've I've been sitting on my crippled leg, just kind of enjoying my pipe. Licking your wounds. uh, A little, little, (laughs) yeah, and and, uh, enjoying some of Jeremy Reeves' handiwork. So, but yeah, man, things are... (laughs) We're doing, we're doing fine. <laughs> I think, I think making it is the word you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I know, uh, you know, there's, there's been a lot of people uh, out here doing, doing their best in the midst of uh, what has been some trying times. You shared last, uh, I think last week about a, a mutual friend of ours who's been going through a, a really rough time. You want to give a quick update there? Yeah. You, you know, we had um, mentioned briefly either last week or week before a dear friend of mine, uh, we, we are calling this person EC and uh, she lives in Texas and and suffered a a very, very rare form of heart attack that happens kind of postpartum. It's something that young women can experience right after uh, giving birth. And anyway, just very life-threatening situation. And and a lot of listeners were kind enough to reach out about that and just kind of inquire. We really touched by that. So anyway, I just want to give a quick update. EC is obviously in very critical condition, but is um, is mm-hmm. is doing doing okay. Yeah, uh, we're really uh, grateful for her progress, and she is going to have you know some kind of damage to her her heart and probably her liver, but she's 
stable and, you know, kind of improving. So we're grateful for that. You know, we're not out of the woods, but certainly kind of moving in the right direction. So um, real tender time. But um, anyway, I just want to say thank you to the people that, uh, you know, had asked about EC. And um, and if you did kind of lift up some thoughts and prayers for her, we we certainly appreciated that. So. Very much so, yep. man. You, we've got an amazing listener community here. It's uh, it's always just such a, a huge encouragement whenever, you know, just checking in on on even like tangentially, tang, tangent, t- tangentially, that word. <laughs> the thing <laughs> words, period, Bo. <laughs> this is, you know, this is very true. Right. But no, you know, but the people who are connected to the show, even if uh, if, if loosely, um, it, it just it means a lot to us. And man. You know, one of the things that I think we've been blown away by, especially in the last few like weeks, is the amount of visitors that have made their way to Jackson, Mississippi on their their pipe pilgrimage. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, of course, we have to remember the world is opening back up and folks are eager to get out. And so so we're seeing that, right? We're seeing, um, you know, some travel that folks, a lot of pent up energy from that kind of, you know, standpoint. But uh, we have had so many pilgrims at the Squire over the past months, it's been breathtaking. It's like every day someone mm. new walks in and we get to experience just these great stories about people, you know, coming cross country to either either come in just to see the country squire from, you know, other time zones, which is amazing, or, you know, on a vacation and, and are taking a huge detour. Maybe instead of going in a straight line to their destination, they're taking this big dog leg to come see us. And we're, we're just so honored. Just over the past month, I wanted to thank the following people just for sticking their head in the squire, having a pipe with us, enjoying a few moments. Uh, We've got Tyler and Joshua from Amarillo, Dan from Fort Worth, Eric from Delaware, uh, Sim from Springdale, Arkansas, Angel from Catoosa, Oklahoma, uh, Alan and Zach from South Carolina, Patrick from Virginia, Joshua from Henniston, Louisiana, James and Charlotte from Longview, Texas, Beth and Paige from Kenosha, Wisconsin, and Jason from LaGrange, Georgia, all you folks that have just taken time out of your incredibly precious, uh, you know, busy uh, calendars and and given it to us for a few moments to uh, swing through our dusty little town. We are just incredibly honored by that. And I just wanted to acknowledge it because the past month has been breathtaking. So we're, we're so grateful for you. Tyler and, and Josh came through this past week and dropped me off some local um, Texas made uh, whiskey and gin. And that was really nice. Josh, uh, T- Tyler had even made me a uh, like a, a he does some leather working on the side. And he made me kind of this uh, a uh, little uh, tobacco tray that uh, was really beautiful. And it's got the Country Squire Ooh. logo on it. It's just really, really amazing. So wow. anyway, we're just moved, honored, and and so grateful for um for all your enthusiasm. So anyway, really cool. Just want to mention that. That is so cool. I don't suppose any of that uh, the liquid might allegedly make its way to uh, <laughs> Houston. Allegedly. It allegedly could, I guess. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What, we'll see. What, you know, what's in it for everybody involved? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Oh man, that's awesome, man! Doing doing the work for the state of Mississippi, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Love to see it. Thank y'all so much for uh, for coming and visiting the shop and uh, visiting the hometown yep. for sure, yep. man. All right, anything else? Uh, uh, housekeeping items before we need to? Uh, no, man. Let's dive in. I'm ready to ready to uh, talk about our ongoing series. Yeah, here. the closest thing we've ever done to this before was the Shire Select, which we did fairly recently, uh, where yeah. we did kind of a, a two part series. Uh, that honestly, just the nature of 
the content we were covering required a lot of time to get through it all. And we mm-hmm. didn't want to have to split it up over time because it would feel a little awkward to, to do so. Uh, and so we're, we're getting a little experimental with this, having kind of a, a mini series of shows uh, all about the same topic back to back. I don't know if this will end up being a regular thing, but maybe when the topic uh, requires it. And I think this has been very much a topic that requires it. Of course, we're talking about our How to Train Your Palette series. Uh, this will be part three and I think the final episode in that series. And, you know, as I was sharing with you right before we went live, I was kind of nervous about utilizing this yeah. style of miniseries to kind of go like, I mean, are people going to feel like this is too repetitive? Is it going to, yeah. you know, are, are we going to get the hate mail coming in and be like scholastic or something? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and on the contrary, man, the, the support for the series has been very high. People have yeah. really, really enjoyed it. And, and I think enjoyed the extra time to be able to, you know, quote unquote, get it right. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I'm just honored. You know, I, I really am been really pleased that uh, folks have allowed the tobacco nerd to indulge in uh, <laughs> some of what kind of pushes our buttons. And, and you know, just talk about training your palate, expanding your palate, understanding what's happening when you're uh, smoking tobaccos that you like and you don't like and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's just been a good, good thing to dive into. We've covered uh, quite a bit of ground. We're going to wrap it up today. And, you know, we reserve the right to occasionally maybe revisit if uh, if we need to down the road, but That's right. I'm glad folks have enjoyed it. So, <laughs> All right. So in the first episode, you kind of gave us a framework and kind of a, a working lexicon of definitions uh, and, and, you know, the vocabulary that we need to discuss yeah. the concept of, of talking about one's palate and uh, flavors and, and, and the like. Yeah. Uh, in, in the second episode, we got into the the various kind of flavors that are out there and, yeah. and you know what you might kind of associate with nobody's told you yet right told me what <laughs> all right great great that's that's you know that's all that's I mean, what yeah, you want to hear all, yeah. that's what i wanted to hear okay cool so so that's that so that that was that was the discussion uh, last week great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right you know what i'm just going to confess right here and now i put in the show notes they all i like i said spoilers they all taste like raisins <laughs> 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 uh, jackass yeah i know i know i know i'm no, sorry they do. no that's it that's it that's great yeah, congratulations you're all um, um that raisin gets a whole whole piece of pie in the uh country squire radio tasting wheel so that's right that's right all right so so how are you bringing us home man what are yeah. we going to talk about today so we talked uh as you mentioned kind of that uh that first episode uh you know do you like a tobacco asking the question why some things we enjoy without really thinking about it, but kind of started to explore, you know, the deeper reasons for why you might, you know, enjoy some of your favorite uh, tobaccos and and just, you know, asking those questions, investigating. We talked about flavor, its relation to taste and how Tobacconist University defines flavor as taste plus aroma. And so, you know, when we talk about taste, we're talking about kind of the, the human ability to identify these broad categories, um, you know, of, of, you know, sensory input in your mouth, essentially. So we talk about sweet and salty and fruity and, and nutty and all these different things. Today, we're you know wrapping up uh, the concept of taste, and then we're going to move into a couple other things that affect the palate. You know, these are just, again, items that we'll 
talk about and and, and see where the conversation goes. And, and hopefully it's been uh, beneficial to someone. But you know, we, we've talked about kind of this uh, tasting wheel, right? You all, you, you know, you've seen something like this before. If you've gone in maybe a, a, a coffee shop or, you know, some uh, place, uh, you know, you see this a lot in the in the wine, the premium wine world or in, and even more now in, in the whiskey world, um, you know, this kind of flavor uh, wheel variety. It's like this uh, kind of rainbow spectrum of uh, uh, of different flavors that you can associate with. And we talked about fruit. We talked about this kind of nebulous uh, confectionery bakery distilled portion. We talked about the herbal and spice portion and then a nut portion as well. Now, I picked on both some for, you know, not being able to really describe like, you know, the words like <laughs> vanilla or almond or pepper without really using other foods or, you know, edible things as a, a reference point, I guess. And that's part of our flavor, you know, our experience. That's mm. part of our tasting experience. So we're going to round out the tasting wheel today. The fifth uh, part of that Country Squire Radio tasting wheel is the vegetal part of the wheel. And um, gross. Yeah, I know, right? It's just, nah, I don't want to eat my broccoli. Um, You know, this is the part of the wheel that I start to have a lot of fun with because there's just so much uh, nuance and and almost mystery here. There's a lot, you know, kind of happens within this portion of the wheel. We've already talked about plants, you know, or tastes that are derived from plants, right? So, um, you know, those primary source things like, a, you know, a strawberry, a cherry, things like an avocado or a nut or, you know, whatever. It's, um, you know, th- these are these are plants, but there's a different thing we mean when we talk about vegetal. Why do we have a different category here? You know, you've got herbal and you've got fruit and you've got nut flavors. These are all distinctive from vegetal flavors. And when I say vegetal, we are talking talking about vegetables. We are talking about that, but we're referring to also non-edible plants that have that distinctive flavor. You'll hear a lot of folks use the word grassy. Bo, you're from the South, and even though you're one of our uh, more sophisticated residents, you're still Southern enough to probably, you know, if you're strolling down the street or maybe going fishing, you've probably at some point picked a you know, grabbed a, a piece of grass, like picked a piece of grass and put it in your mouth. Have you done that before? Just chewed on a piece of grass? I'm pretty sure it's a uh, prerequisite by I think law. so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you can get your learner's permit for your car That's exactly <laughs> unless right. you chew. To, and by the way, I know you probably have no idea who Les Miles is. Les Miles was the uh, head football coach at um, at LSU for, for a long time. But he, you know, people made fun of him because he always would eat a piece of grass from the playing field before um, before the football game. And he, he, the guy's just crazy as all get out, you know, but, um, but that, that was just one of his things, you know, would eat a piece of grass before. And so, um, you know, it's just kind of, kind of funny for some people it has this sentimental, uh, thing. It's just, you know, kind of connecting with your surroundings and the earth. Um, Bo, if you've tasted a piece of grass before, what, uh, you know, I have to pick on you. What, what do you taste when you, when you chew on a piece of grass? <laughs> I should have known this was coming. Uh, okay. So <laughs> it's not like you can prepare for it. No. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. So generally <laughs> I, I don't. Okay. So I, I can, I can picture it in the sense that there's like, you know, yeah. depending on how long the grass is and how fresh it is and all that kind of good stuff, then sometimes you get a little bit of water, you got a little bit of um, kind of a mm. crunch uh, that comes along with it. If you again, if you got mm, kind of a yeah, piece yeah. of grass down by the base there, um, but the, okay, 
Uh, uh, you're doing I, I'm, great. I'm, no, you're this doing is this. Great. I want to give you something, man. I really do. But I mean, like, I, I'm trying very hard not to just say yeah. like, oh, well, you know, it tastes like grass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 you're not sure necessarily, but you do associate it with. Yeah, I mean, there's a grass flavor. It's sour. It's uh, it's juicy. You said water, which was really telling. It's mm-hmm. sweet, but also bitter. You know, you've got a lot going on there, and and you're not really sure how to describe it necessarily. But you know, there there is a a grassy plant life flavor there that you. Uh, begin to associate with other plants if you start thinking about what plants taste like. And, um, you know, you've probably remembered uh, back to your uh, high school science class, you and I were both, uh, you know, uh, we majored in the fluffy stuff in college. We, we majored in stuff that you can't really make a living <laughs> right, doing, right. you know. But, but, but the people in college that majored in something that wasn't gift shop <laughs> might have taken a class where they studied, where, where they studied chlorophyll and, you know, plant life and, and that kind of thing. Chlorophyll is what makes a plant green. It's contained in plants. It's actually derived from the Greek for pale green leaf. And it's essentially the substance that allows leafy plants to use light uh, to make food. And so why are so many plants green? You know, you, you, we associate green with, you know, green lush with vegetation. And, and that color is so common because of chlorophyll. And so uh, that grassiness, that sour, juicy, sweet um, is really trademark here. You know, that's, uh, that's kind of the experience there. As an aside, in the cigar world, uh, if you're a cigar smoker, you may have gone into a humidor and seen green cigars and you've thought like what the heck is that you know you, th- that's a that's a green cigar and um you're like did it go bad or did they <laughs> did they did they dye the leaf green in order to achieve that and that type of leaf is called a candela uh it's used mostly in cigars we see it occasionally in pipe tobacco particularly boutique blenders will sometimes use it but it's mostly a a cigar phenomenon but these are green cigars that use candela wrappers and they uh, they're actually cured to keep that chlorophyll inside the leaf through the process where where normally that would be kind of cured out of the leaf. The chlorophyll stays in the leaf. And so it has this vegetal taste. The cigar has this grassy taste that, uh, you know, for a lot of folks is off-putting, but for some folks, that's that's why they why they smoke that cigar. So it's it's fascinating. We we kind of associate those that grassiness with these different vegetable flavors. So when we talk about, you know, vegetal and plant life, uh, you know, let's drill down a little bit. We do have that grassy flavor. We also have a hay-like flavor. Mm. Hay is more of like a grass that's been kind of dried out, you know. You might think of that as like, uh, you know, a, a little more of a toasty flavor that has that uh, that dried out grass. Uh, then you, you've got stuff like the a mossy flavor or a uh, even an algae flavor, something that's more pungent, has a pungentness to it. And, and then there's other uh, vegetal flavors that we uh, think of kind of differently. Things like tea. Uh, a lot of folks, when they smoke a particular tobacco, they get, uh, you know, green tea or black tea. Every time I open up a, um, a jar of uh, luxury Navy Flake from Peter Stokeby, I'm just overwhelmed by the uh, the tea aroma from there. And that, that affects the flavor of it for me. It's very apparent. We have these woody flavors, which when we think of wood, you know, a lot of times we, uh, it's like, well, what does wood taste like? Well, 
I don't know. What does any of this stuff taste like? But we, you know, <laughs> we think of cedary, oaky, uh, smoky. You know, these are, um, you know, just flavors that kind of tend to be more woody. Uh, and so that that's an element of the vegetal uh, thing as well. Uh, we get that uh, some with oriental tobaccos and um, different types of burley. And then floral notes as well, the uh, floral taste. You know, we think of, and, and again, we've tried to divorce, you know, these different categories from aromatic and non-aromatic. Like that's real easy to do, right? All the fruit flavors are aromatic and all the, you know, uh, vegetal flavors are non-aromatic. Well, it's not really like that. You know, you've got these floral notes that a lot of times we associate with things like small Turkish and Oriental tobacco leaves that are, you know, featured in uh, some of the most prominent non-aromatics out there. So, And then we also have the floral note that you might get from like a Lakeland style blend that's got that rosiness to it, that's got more of a, a perfume element there. And so um, and so it's more of a nebulous category that we can pull out. And finally, there's the Odi and oats, Odi uh, and silage flavor. This is kind of a, you know, almost like a sweet feed type of thing. It's something that uh, you might uh, experience, you know, in a, in a horse barn or something like that. It's similar to hay, but it's probably a sweeter flavor to it that, you know, rounds it out. So it's just drilling down on that vegetal and kind of beginning to understand more and more the nuances there of what that means and how it differs from, um, you know, maybe a, maybe a nut flavor or a fruit flavor or uh, some of the other categories we've discussed. So that's that. And, and then finally kind of rounding out our, our flavor wheel, we've got earth and minerals. This is interesting to me because it's got so many different aspects that we think of as as tastes but it's like where do these come from we think about earthy things we think about you know you walked into um, a, a barn for instance and uh, I talked about the horse barn uh, just just a moment ago uh, you know about the uh, kind of od or or uh, hay-like silage type flavor and, and some of that bleeds over into this you've got this uh, kind of mustiness a soiliness there you know you you start hearing a lot of these words uh, thrown around when you uh, bump into wine drinkers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you see, you read the back of these bottles of wine and you're like, man, what was that guy smoking, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and and also, who has ever tasted like, you know, uh, you know, barnyard or a piece of char or whatever they always say? Um, and so, but we do get uh, really interesting flavors here that that bleed over um, both into the wine world, but also in the in the scotch whiskey and, uh, you know, malt whiskey world and, and, and bourbons. We think of uh, taste that are salty. We think we think of tastes that are musty, uh, mineral flavor uh, uh, tastes, uh, medicinal flavors that are there, uh, almost like a you know a, a, a rubbing alcohol flavor. Uh, lead and graphite, uh, we get that sometimes. That almost has like a like a bitter chalkiness to it, which is uh, which is fascinating. And um, and and then the things like soil, uh, soil that uh, you would get that earthiness that's there has a just a dirt earthiness <laughs> you know how do you describe that well it's like maybe you ought to go eat a piece of soil and find out right and so you know th- there's all these things that kind of bleed together but these are kind of you know the the flavors that we or the tastes that we kind of um you know are, are referring to to round out the end of our country squire radio tasting wheel and so i just want you to 
as you're smoking some of your favorite and some of your least favorite, for that matter, pipe tobaccos, I want you to be aware of of what's happening. And I, and I, and I want you to begin to develop the vocabulary that you need to describe what you're experiencing, particularly the taste, because it's going to help you um, it's it's going to help you start to understand other tobaccos that you're also going to enjoy and tobaccos, frankly, that you're not going to enjoy because it has commonalities like this. We talked about these kind of uh, baselines, these reference points that we can point to in between some of these things. So, so just in, in, in a quick recap of that, we've got our fruit flavors. Uh, we've got our confectionery, bakery, and distilled flavors. Uh, we've got our herbal and spice flavors. We have our nut flavors, we have our, our vegetal flavors, and then we have our earth and mineral flavors. And, and all these kind of work together in order to create the, uh, the flavor wheel that we experience, at least, uh, at least in my mind. So, <laughs> Man, yep. wow. I, I kind of feel, you know, we've, we've got so many uh, talented listeners of Country Square Radio. I am sure there's already some graphic designer who's puffing with <laughs> his pipe right now and like already mind at work trying to figure out like, okay, how do I, how do I make this thing? <laughs> So if you've been paying attention and if you've been uh, collecting notes and everything and you happen to be a graphic designer who wants to take a crack at the flavor wheel, love to see what you get. And and props to the one that's going to turn it in and it's a full circle. That's what I was going to say. You know, someone's going to do that. It's just going to be a pie chart and then all the, you know, all the different wedges are just just raisin. But there are different types of raisins. There's golden raisins and brown. Well, anyway, whatever. Rounding out, you know, we, we, we've talked about the tasting wheel. We mentioned particularly that first episode that you and I got together, Bo. We talked about other things that can affect your palate. And, and, you know, in training your palate, if flavor is indeed a mixture of, you know, taste and aroma, it, we, then we're talking more about a holistic experience here. I mean, we want to we want to think it greater than just like, oh, that tastes like cherries or, oh, that tastes like uh, a green tea or this tastes like a cashew nut or something like that. It, it, it goes beyond that, even though, you know, generally when we think of flavor, that probably is the primary thing that we're, we're coming to grips with. But there's some other things that really affect the experience there and affect how you your palate perceives what's going on in your mouth. And so I just want to touch on those things briefly. Uh, the first thing we'll, we'll talk about is mouthfeel. This is the condition that your mouth experiences when you're smoking a tobacco. You know, I, I may have mentioned this before. The sweet lady that hired me years and years ago, her name was Gwen Reeves, and, and she always would refer to specific tobaccos as kind to the mouth kind to the mouth. And I really like that verbiage. I like that saying that matter of fact, when we uh, came out with our 50th anniversary, Virginia Perique, which is uh, available in a tin still, we uh, put that on the, uh, on the label kind to the mouth, because that describes a lot of what your experience is when you smoke a tobacco. Does it have tongue bite that kind of fits in this mouthfeel category? Is it a, is it a bitey tobacco? Does it make your mouth feel coated or sticky? A couple episodes ago, you mentioned I forget the either vegetable or something we were talking about, but you mentioned a tasting something that was waxy. So that kind of fits here. Does is it dry and tannic? Does it um, make your mouth uh, you know kind of pucker a little bit? Is it a sweetness but also has a cloying effect, which is more of a almost a sickly sweetness that uh, that you experience? And and then there's the hot and cool uh, nature of it as well. Does it burn hot or cool? And so you know it, it, we think well all tobacco. 
tobacco is burning. It's just, you know, burning leaves. And so surely it's about the same temperature. But these these have a different a tasting effect on your on your palate. And so uh, these are things to think about as well when you're trying new tobaccos, when you're experiencing your tobacco. I want to take just a moment here and talk about pH because pH is very important and it, it particularly is going to affect your mouthfeel. It's a measure of the acidity or alkalinity in your mouth. And so, you know, we're talking, you know, pH, the, uh, you know, we're going back to our science class, you know, briefly. Um, this majorly affects the way we experience foods and drink and and anything you're consuming but but certainly tobaccos it's measured on a scale from 0 to 14 where neutral is 7 and that's just kind of your 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 baseline uh you know of where your body naturally sits 0 to 7 is going to be your acid side and then 7 to 14 is going to be your alkaline or or basic side but the reason we're talking about this is because it's affecting how you're experiencing the tobacco briefly lemon juice is around a two so it's you know on that real acidic end uh, tomatoes four uh, milk is uh, very neutral it's about six and a half and so it's just on the acidic side baking soda you start to move into the the alkaline part of the uh, spectrum and it's uh, eight and a half uh, you think of uh, milk of magnesia as being uh, 10 you know and and then you've got ammonia all the way over at 12 um, and 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 what's interesting here and what you need to know is that alkaline Alcohol usage, or I'm sorry, tobacco usage, tobacco usage pushes your body's pH into the alkaline. And so it, as you're consuming pipe tobacco, your, your body is, it, it, it's, it's being pushed into the alkaline. This is because ammonia is a byproduct of the fermentation process. And, and, and I just mentioned ammonia sits at 12 in the, in the pH scale. And so as you're consuming, uh, you know, any tobacco product, but particularly pipe tobacco, you're, 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 you're getting that, um, that nudge into the alkaline. And so. That's more of a uh, a bitter, a dry, a stringent flavor that you'll get from that, and so and again, these are it's a natural byproduct of the fermentation process uh, that we use in pipe tobacco, and and so you know it. So when you talk about okay, if my if my palate is being pushed into the into the alkaline pH because of you know ammonia content, and I'm starting to taste more things like bitter and dry and astringent, well, that's going to affect how you are experiencing that cherry tobacco, right, Bo? It's going to experience, it's going to affect how you're experiencing that, um, that English blend that has that, uh, silky peat flavor that, uh, that's paired with those, you know, ripe mm. Virginias. It's, um, you know, all that is a, a part of it. So, um, so I, I just want to mention that. And there's, there's ways that you can remedy this to, You've probably been into one of these like snobby coffee shops, you know, where they like, you know, they serve you, oh, I'd like to order a cortado or something. And so you order your little coffee, but then with that comes a little, uh, a little uh, glass of sparkling water or something of that nature. Um, and, and there is always a reason for that. The reason is not just to make, you know, people that don't do that feel like idiots. <laughs> 
<laughs> or to make yourself feel better because you're drinking your little Topo Chico after you uh, have your cappuccino. But it's actually scientifically what you're doing with uh, sparkling water, milk, uh, even even plain white bread, uh, for instance. You're you're taking your pH and you're pushing it, you're nudging it back towards towards the center. Huh. And so where, where your pH has become more alkaline uh, from your tobacco consumption, uh, sometimes a little water, sparkling water, even a milk product, something like that, creaminess, is going to push you kind of back more towards your center line there. So something to keep in mind, you know, something to uh, to think about how that, you know, is affecting you. Milk chocolate can be nice from that standpoint and kind of nudge you back in that direction. So um, anyway, something to, something to keep in mind there. Next time someone offers you that little sparkling water at your coffee shop, uh, maybe maybe take them up on that. So. There you go. Adjust your pH. Very finally, because we've got to run, but uh, <laughs> is, is body feel. Nicotine is certainly part of this, and we discussed it before, being part of the tobacco smoking experience, whether you're inhaling or not. That first uh, episode, we discussed how it's uh, you know a part of the experience, even though you're not inhaling, although it is, you know, very less, uh, you know, effective on your body than, you know, something like with a cigarette where it's going directly into your lungs. It's still part of the tasting, you know, smoking experience. And so, you know, really the nicotine, though, the body feel of this, it's, it's affecting how your whole body is sensing things. You uh, generally become more animated, more amped up, and then it and then it kind of tends to go into a relaxing mode. It's this interesting bell curve that it has on your on your body. And it affects your perception and your enjoyment. When you're, you know, really charged up, you taste and experiencing, you know, things different than when you are more uh, sanguine and relaxed and, you know, the serene kind of uh, kind of being lulled to sleep type of thing. So be aware of that as you're, you know, as you're consuming uh, a tobacco product and you do start to feel maybe the uh, the energy or maybe the more kind of slumbery effects of it. You know, that's going to affect your thought process about what you're tasting and what and the flavor of the tobacco you're consuming. Uh, things like uh, Dark Fire Kentucky, Perique, Burley, these are uh, high nicotine content tobacco leaves. Um, you know, we move down the scale a little bit, Virginia's and then Black Cavendish and Latakia things that are lower in nicotine. And so just keep that in mind as you're enjoying tobaccos, that that is having an effect on your perception of your palate, of your of your flavor, of what's happening inside your mouth. And also just, you know, keep in mind that because of that, some tobaccos are uh, best enjoyed in small doses. You know, you don't want to um, want to overdo mm-hmm. it on some of those that'll perhaps uh, make your stomach turn a little bit if you, if you smoke too much. So, but anyway, <laughs> man, first three episodes of training your palate, expanding your palate, uh, Country Squire radio style. Man, I hope it's been a, a enjoyment for someone out there. I'm eager to, you know, have all our new flavor enthusiasts come uh, you know, bombard our email inbox about uh, what they're experiencing. So there it is. Yeah, that's crazy. man. I, I, I didn't expect it to get as scientific as it did. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought this was going to be more of like, you know, like you go to the chef and you're like, oh, you must understand the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the emotion of the food and learn from the, you know, like the whole, yeah. you know, uh, texture and, you know, and, and I mean, obviously that was included. It is. Yeah, very much I so. I never knew that we'd be getting into the pH level of the soil. I mean, of ourselves. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it's true, man. It, it, it all, it all has a, has a role in affecting your palate. And if we're going to understand how and why we're enjoying the tobaccos that we're smoking uh, and why we enjoy one maybe more than another and why we might smoke the same exact tobacco two days in a row but have a different experience in each one of those days we've got to know what's mm. going on <laughs> within right. that and so uh in training your palate we uh we just took a little time to drill down and i hope uh i hope folks enjoyed it Man, that was awesome. Thank you so much for that. Now, of course, as you are uh, attempting to train your palate and uh, kind of search for all of these different flavor profiles and uh, the vegetable that is in your pipe to buy the vegetative. <laughs> One of the things that you might want to consider is, of course, a good quality corn cob pipe from our friends at Missouri Meerschaum. But you might also want to expand your own uh, pipe palate as well. Especially if you're trying to get to that mineral type of flavor profile, I don't know. Is this is this working? I, it's you're doing great, man. It, it more, maybe a chalky flavor is that it? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, chalky, chalky. Yeah, yeah. Man, we were talking today about the uh, clay pipes, the old Dominion clay pipes from our friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Of course, we know um, a, a year ago or so, Missouri Meerschaum merged and and purchased the brand Old Dominion Clay Pipes, which uh, is a historic uh, pipe maker that has been making uh, some of the world's finest clay pipes uh, for a very long time, and now all under the Missouri Meerschaum. Uh, brand. You can buy the world's finest corn cob pipes and clay pipes from the same source. Um, they're really cool. You know, I've talked about smoking out of clay before. Smoking out of clay is a very different experience. The clay gets mm. hot. Um, you know, it, it, it when it touches your mouth, it kind of, uh, you know, affects your lips in an interesting way. Um, the clay's different. But one thing I love about clay is that it is the purest, purest flavor of a tobacco product that you can get. If you put a tobacco that you're interested in, you know, studying your, uh, you know, how it's affecting your palate and how it's, uh, you know, some tasting notes of uh, going through the the wheel and trying to figure out different uh, ways that you're experiencing this particular uh, tobacco. There is nothing better than a clay or a corncob pipe. And of course, the place to get those from is Missouri Meerschaum. So uh, go to corncobpipe.com. Uh, at the top, if you click on smoking pipes and then you click on clay pipes, uh, you'll be taken to their uh, different uh, clay offerings. They have the Williamsburg clay pipe, the Jamestown clay pipe. Uh, these all retail for under $25 and are great, uh, great buys. And you can also buy some combo packs where they've put some stuff together with cobs, uh, some of their hardwood pipes, and a clay pipe. So really, really cool. Check it out, corncobpipe.com. Uh, you can order it today and they'll ship it right to your front door. I just realized between clay and corn, we, we, we've got both the vegetable and the mineral covered in the pipe form as well. Just need the animal. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's definitely not, though. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> All right. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week. This week coming in from Nathan. Uh, here's what Nathan had to say. I'm getting into blending tobaccos and testing out how they work. I am yeah. amazed at the difference of toasting at the Virginias for just 10 minutes. Simply mm. stunning. Uh, so I'm trying to develop vapor for myself. Virginia, Virginia Perique. Perique. Yep. Uh, but I'm concerned about how hard the blend may bite. I'm not sure that just treating it with distilled water will soften the blend. I don't want to top the blend either, but a casing might be in order. Mm. Would the best approach be a mixture of distilled water, sugar, and vodka? What other techniques might be useful in the process? I'd like to try them all and mix a little experimentation with my pipe. That is an amazing thought to me. And that again is from Nathan. Yeah, man, great question. I love when people start, uh, you know, getting busy in the kitchen, uh, tinkering around <laughs> with this kind of stuff. And it uh, it really does uh, dovetail nicely with, uh, you know, our content from the last three weeks. Because, yeah. uh, you know, as you are creating these uh, uh, recipes, Nathan, in your, uh, you know, secret layer, <laughs> you know, you need to, uh, you know, as understand why you're enjoying them. And so that's that's great, man. Uh, and, and, you know, as you tweak your tweak your recipes and all that kind of stuff. Again, the bitey element of uh, pipe tobacco a lot of times has uh, to do with the uh, natural properties. Of of the leaf itself, Virginias we know uh, do tend to bite a little more. Uh, Perique has uh, that mushroomy flavor to it, but also is high in nicotine. And so, um, if you're talking about how hard the blend may bite, you're probably talking about uh, tongue bite. And some people do use distilled water uh, for this type of thing. Other use people use uh, vinegar. Uh, you can uh, just to add a little uh, extra essence to it. Uh, you say you don't want to top it, but uh, you might consider like an apple cider vinegar uh, in order to do that. Um, and so uh, just adds a little nice uh, tang to it, which is is uh, useful sometimes in the pipe world. So think about that. Also, uh, again, you mentioned a simple syrup or a, a sugar, distilled water, vodka uh, as being an option. Uh, these are all things that you're just going to have to dial in, but they're all, everything you've mentioned is very common uh, as far as technique. Uh, in the uh, tobacco flavoring and uh, home, uh, you know, casing process. And so, um, you know, most tobaccos are, are, 
as we've discussed before, are cased. I mean, the natural flavor of the tobacco itself uh, does not yield itself to uh, to a positive experience. And so even your favorite non-aromatic tobaccos in some sense are cased, whether it be, uh, you know, a, um, a sugar solution or, uh, you know, some something. It's, they've, they've done something to the, <laughs> to the leaf uh, to give it that delicious flavor. And so I think you're just going to have to continue to try to experiment, but I think you're on the right path. And uh, everything you've mentioned is uh, is is certainly worth a shot, and uh, and would would be uh, used by other um, you know other tobacco blenders. So um, give it a whirl, man. Experience, experiment, experiment, uh, do a little bit of everything, and uh, continue to uh, toast those Virginias and reap the rewards. All right. Well, there you go. I like how you said kind of that that secret laboratory type situation because that's definitely the vibes I was getting here. Yeah. <laughs> the mad scientist Nathan, and then lightning right. cracks. Yeah. <laughs> I it's alive. Nathan's probably the most straight laced dude that's ever written into the show. <laughs> <laughs> Probably yeah, is, no. man. <laughs> well, great question, Nathan. And hey, if you've got a pipe question for us, be sure to send it into the show. That is show at Country Squire Radio. Again, that is show at Country Squire Radio dot com. Quick, Quick fire, fire with, with the Squire. squire. Quick fire question. Man, after uh, speaking to Nathan, because I think Nathan was, I don't, again, not sure if it was the same Nathan, but Nathan who set us up on the uh, the March Madness that became uh, April, May, June, July Madness. Uh. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> but it's over. And now we are back to quick fire questions. So if you're a new listener to Country Squire Radio and you've only been listening to the last, I don't know, few months, welcome. Th- this is what quick fire questions is supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> but we got a this is coming in from pastor joda who said uh so last week the family and i had an amazing opportunity to watch the spacex launch in cape canaveral florida i remember when that happened way back in the day yeah <laughs> this, yeah obviously this uh, was sent in a while back uh, he says uh it was one of the most amazing things i've ever seen and i recommend everyone seeing a launch at least once in their life uh, while in Florida, we also visited Disney World, and so this leads to a couple of quick-fire questions uh, listed for you, a space-related, a Disney-related, uh, and specifically one that may prove controversial. So uh, <laughs> we're going to do space today. Space! And see how that goes. Here we are. <laughs> All right, you ready, man? Yep. All right. Would you rather be the astronaut or stay at Mission Control? I want to be the astronaut. I'd I'd love to experience weightlessness one time in my life. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. And if you were, man, I I would uh, call up to you from uh, Mission Control and I'd say, this is ground control to Major John. Major John. (laughs) Yeah, because John David. Anyway. (laughs) That's that's cute. Uh, No, but for real though, I actually would love, I would love to go to space. That would be, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I do remember that teacher getting blown up and that, that may uh, keep me on the ground. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just very dangerous. You know, it's incredible. We see these people and they go up there and, you know, there's these uh, iconic images of, uh, you know, people eating their space ice cream or drinking their, you know, globules of water off the, you know, wall or what? I don't know, whatever. But uh, right. man, it's really dangerous. These people, uh, you know, it's it's tough. So, but yeah, if if uh, if I could get back safely, I'd want to be an astronaut. All right. Next up, visit the moon or visit Mars. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. Ooh, yeah, that's I'm tough. Gonna go with, I'm gonna go with. 
Mars. I'm going to go with Mars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I admittedly, like, I feel like there's so much more mystery surrounding Mars. And yeah. there's kind of like that desire to, like, explore and, and yeah. you know, dis- discover more there. I mean, there's something very iconic, obviously, about the moon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think I think you got to go to Mars. Mars has an atmosphere, right? So, you know, maybe, maybe that would make it a little more similar to home. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Uh, A mission to the space station or a mission aboard uh, the space shuttle via the Wayback Machine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Space Station. I'd, I'd like to go to the Space Station, man. Linger, uh, mingle with some of the uh, folks that are up there from other countries. That'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, same. Uh, and then uh, see a black hole or see a supernova from a very safe vantage point. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably uh, probably supernova, man. Uh, the uh, largest uh, explosion in our uh, in our universe. That'd be That'd be cool, yeah. Okay. All right. And then uh, finally, 2001, A Space Odyssey or Interstellar? As far as movies go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I got to go with 2001, A Space Odyssey, man. If you if, if anyone's listening that hasn't seen that, and, and this is, again, coming from someone who doesn't watch movies. <laughs> this, is, this is very true. It's true. Uh, man, you, you need to see that. It's a that's an interesting uh, film. And uh, and, and it's uh, it's a good one. Yeah, I got to go with that. I'm going to go with that too, but only because I haven't seen Interstellar. And I know that seems weird because you'd think I'd, I would have seen Interstellar. And but I've I actually seen both those movies. So How about that? Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would definitely say uh, Space Odyssey. The other thing too is that um, it's just, it's such an iconic film that it's one of those movies yeah. that <clears throat> is referenced so often yeah. that you miss a lot in other films if you, if you haven't seen it. So I, I strongly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, that is our space uh, list from Pastor Joda. Uh, you know, it does. It actually does remind me. Like, do we we need to kind of go back and look at our pipes in space yeah. <laughs> series and, and see what uh, what else belongs there? Because that's a, it's a fun topic for sure. Hey, if you got quick fire questions, be sure to send them in to us. That is show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man, we got some listener feedback in this week. It's coming in from Carl. You want to take this one from Carl? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, It's uh, from Carl. He says, I'm a few episodes behind. I was intrigued when Russ mentioned that if you uh, spray vinegar on tobacco, you get tobacco with vinegar on it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The obvious conclusion is that the vinegar is creating the fermentation and not applied afterward. Um, hmm. This would also have the effect of altering the tobacco. As a guy who likes brewing, winemaking, pickling, and all things fermenting, uh, that suggested a couple of things. Uh, The first is the normal process to make vinegar, which is to ferment sugars with yeast and then add, I think, bacteria to convert the alcohol to vinegar. Uh, I think this is unlikely because when yeast ferments fruit... The fruit is pretty badly destroyed. Uh, the second is to use the process to create a sour beer or a goza, uh, which involves first fermenting the wort. Uh, Bo pronounced wort. Uh, <laughs> got your back, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and he didn't know I was the one reading this. So with, I believe, lactobacillus uh, for a short period of time, this consumes some of the sugar, but is then stopped by boiling it again. Boy, talk about a sciencey episode. Yeah, seriously. Um, 
In brewing, you then add yeast to convert the remaining sugar to alcohol. Uh, the sourness is very vinegar-like, uh, so could McClelland have done the same thing with tobacco? If you know the original tobacco as 24% sugar, but the final product was 12% sugar, uh, that would suggest some fermentation did happen. Uh, the final comment that uh, Russ made that really got uh, me thinking was that something was added to prevent mold uh, from growing because you've never seen a bad tin of McClellan tobacco. Now, if you knew you added bacteria that eat sugar and you believe you likely killed it all, but by curing it with heat, uh, would you be uber cautious and add something to make uh, double secret sure that it doesn't start fermenting it um, or re-fermenting it, uh, ruin it, and give away your secret. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, a lot a lot going on there. Carl, uh, man, is uh, someone that has uh, thought a lot about these things with yeah. his, uh, um, you know, other uh, pastimes, which, you know, include winemaking and beer making and uh, pickling, and so has a lot of uh, experience with that type of stuff. Interesting thoughts, man. And again, I'm not privy in any way, in any form or fashion to uh, you know, what the folks at McClelland were doing to make their tobacco so delicious. But uh, whatever it was, it was awfully good. So, uh, man, some good good hypotheses there. And uh, maybe maybe keep digging around and we'll, uh, we'll come up with the, the magic solution. <laughs> All right. Well, great stuff. And uh, thank you for that, Carl. Hey, if you've got some listener feedback for us, of course, you can send it in the show. You can uh, reach us throughout the week. You can uh, tweet into the show at Squire Radio. Uh, at John David Cole is John David Cole's Twitter handle at underscore Country Squire is the shop. But all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, man, closing out the How to Train Your Palate uh, series, I think we... Yeah. I, like I feel like to some extent, do we need to have like a graduation ceremony or like da, <laughs> da, 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 you know that kind of thing? People need a certificate or something. No, I think people just need a drink <laughs> <laughs> and a smoke, obviously. No <laughs> oh, man, I think uh, I think you're onto something with that right there. Well, hey man, why don't we uh, go tie one on ourselves and uh, hey, let's go have a day. <laughs> See you, brother. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 